Hello, Attactioneers. Welcome to the Attack Action Podcast. I'm your host, Taylor Morrow. I'm your host, Isaac Jessen. And I'm also your host, Colin Honigman. Hell yeah. Great to see you guys. I'm Good morning. stoked for this episode. Me too. This uh this episode we're doing kind of a looking forward into the coming year uh topic. But first, how are you guys doing? <laughs> uh I'm doing okay. Uh you know, we're we're deep 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 into basketball season. Uh we just had a game we're recording this on Sunday, so we just had a game on Friday and uh it was against a league opponent so now uh where we're sitting is uh we we have the first place league opponent next week and if we win that game we put ourselves in a really good chance of uh a back-to-back league title um so you know stressed out strung out that's that's where i'm at (laughs) But yeah, you said this is this is the worst part of the season every year, huh? Because you're in the you're in like the final stretch where you determine your your placement. Yeah, and it's like every game is pretty emotionally charged because it's like all league opponents who you know super well because it's like the schools are so small that you've been playing the same basic team like for four years as those kids go through high school. (laughs) And so there's just like, you know, years of baggage and you like know the coaches really well and their tendencies and, you know, the community's all behind you. And so it's just like every game is like pretty emotionally draining. Like on Friday's game, I lost it a little bit at the, at my team because we just weren't, we weren't playing with the right kind of, intention in the game and i was just like guys if you lose this game it's like all over you know and and we responded and and we wound up winning by 17 which was great so good job me motivating <laughs> well tough love chair slamming love. coach <laughs> i did i was pretty close to breaking my clipboard in this game which is uh atypical for me but i almost just snapped it over my knee which i don't i'm not usually that person so uh, Coach Taylor that, sounds intense. <laughs> totally. It is a, a, a coworker of mine said, "You're like Jekyll and Hyde." <laughs> and I was like, hey, <laughs> "I guess, yeah, a little bit." <laughs> Damn. Yeah. See, that's the problem with success. You know, it puts all this extra pressure on you to keep it up. <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. Ugh. Nice. Uh, well, uh, how are you doing, Colin? You have a pro quest right after this. Yeah. Yeah. Just printed out my deck list, and I guess I'm ready. I don't know. I don't really even know my sideboard fully. That's fine. I, uh, I'm i just going to go have a good time playing Kano because I realized Kano lets me just have fun no matter what. <laughs> Hell yeah. And uh, my opponent may not have fun, but I also decided it's not my responsibility for them to have fun. That's theirs. Nice. So, Hell um, yeah. Kano, Kano is what it's all about. It's just, I've just enjoyed it. Two weeks ago, I went 0-4 at my armory. And then last this last week, I went 4-0. So there there we are. I guess I'm getting better. <laughs> That's so cool. I love it. Like 100% better. 
yeah. Uh, so we'll see. I'm, I'm just going. I I hope I just feel good about how I play, but I have no real, you know, goals other than that going into it. Nice. Yeah. Speaking well, good luck, of, dude. I know you'll thank have you. fun. Speaking of pro quests, how are you doing, Isaac? Uh, I'm doing great. I'm having a killer month. I'm about to be in like school training, whatever for, you know, uh, like 70 hours a week or something for like three months straight. So What's I've been, it for? um, I'm doing a fire Academy and an EMT class at the same time. And they're like an hour drive away and it's going to be pretty intense. I might have to drop the EMT class depending on, uh, you know, what I can like literally do or how little sleep I can actually function and remember things on. But um, it's a good opportunity and they're in the same place. So I'm going to try. But nice. I've been uh, I've been like, you know, annihilating January, having a lot of fun um, leading up to it while I have some freedom left. I was like, I was in Joshua tree for two weeks while it was storming in pretty much the entire country, except for the one place I was. So that was pretty amazing. Um, I mean, I was like making new friends. I was sending routes that were like milestones for me. Um, and then I came home and, and I want a pro quest. And then now I'm hanging out in Tahoe. I'm recording. Eight. Eight. Yeah. Okay. I'm recording uh, from Tahoe with my college friends. I went skiing for the first time yesterday in like four years or something. And I really love that. So, um, yeah, it's a great month. Living it up for Hell all yeah. of us. Hell yeah. Getting that fun in when you can, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting seeing you both on the video call. Colin's got his uh, pregame robe on keeping himself toasty and 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 stuff but isaac you have like uh cornrows now and your beard is dyed and you're not wearing any clothes so you you know you also have a facial tattoo so you've really been living it up <laughs> love it yeah i've been doing some other activities in between those things i mentioned <laughs> but we'll we'll share those as they come up it's henna it's fine it'll come off eventually <laughs> <laughs> awesome well uh let's get into a little bit of the news here before we move into shout outs and and a few other things the main topic of the pod so news today uh i just was looking on twitter and it is confirmed lss themselves confirmed that uh they have made again a mistake or the printers did and uh, surgical extraction is short printed by like 50 percent. so it kind of seems like uh, regenicide was overprinted in that spot, and it should have been surgical. So, right, uh, regicide is like a a legendary has the legendary keyword. So I think yeah. they tried to just underprint it because you only need one, and they mis mix that up. Unfortunately, yeah, that seemed pretty obvious to everybody, and it's nice <laughs> yeah. that they confirmed it. Because we're all just like, are you kidding me? This card is the most like rare card in the set other than the Fable. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry, wild. Just, like that got me going. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, so we yeah. got Go ahead, closure on that one. 
Yeah. Um, so in other news, we have we had outsiders spoiled and um, go check out our reaction step all about our initial impressions on that topic in conjunction with or right around the same time as Outsiders was spoiled and right before ProQuest season started, the Pro Tour was announced to be at the end of April in Baltimore. So we all know where and when we were playing for headed into this season. Hell yeah. Is that it for news? I feel like there was more, but maybe there's just not. I think that is actually it. Just Tau Tau just won a ProQuest on Arachne. That is news. That's pretty yeah, sick. Which- that's that's news. Let's just do it now. Shout out to Tao Tao. Fuck yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I put it in the Discord. Somebody was like, uh, you know, Tao Tao's doing really good on Arachne. And I just put, oh oh fuck, Tao Tao's on Arachne. God help us all. <laughs> and then he won the ProQuest. So uh I I'm sure he will be having a deck tech on that. I think we heard down the pipe, you know, maybe with Alan Lube, something like that. So it'll yeah. be somewhere. We'll try to share it around. Tao Tao's just a, a freaking assassin in his own right before there was an assassin class. So good to see he's got his spirit class and it's working. Yeah, totally. And this was just really exciting to hear because there's a lot of hype for Arachne. And I, I really enjoy the, the design space of it and the uh, play. But you know it's uh <laughs> um it's kind of underperformed and everybody kind of wrote it off as like a pretty um pretty bad deck but maybe without giving it a lot of like competitive um you know time or really trying to work out like how you um the different ways in which you can play and build that deck so i'm like very happy to see uh you know it sees some success and actually be a Mm -hmm. a viable hero and not just like a a dud, a new dud. That would be disappointing. Yep. Indeed. Totally. Uh, Let's uh, my shout outs. So huge shout outs to the freaking podcast discord team. They're just freaking crushing it. Uh, Shout out to Patrick Levi and Mitch, they're just down there in NorCal, <laughs> which is funny to say for <laughs> for us down there. <laughs> uh, anyway, and they're just freaking top eighting every ProQuest, and Patrick and Levi were in the finals of both of their ProQuests and unfortunately lost to Tao Tao and Majin Bay, which shout out to Majin Bay. Uh, but just... It's great to see that all of the practice and stuff we put in for Worlds is paying off uh, three months later. So Totally. Also, you know. Rebel Spy top-aided, Zane Johnson oh, yeah. top-aided, yeah. and most of them all have another ProQuest uh, today. It's yeah. a good look out there, or today as we record on Sunday morning. Yeah, so hopefully there's more news of them just crushing it. And Mitch is top-aiding with Iris Dromai just like the mad scientist he is just coming in with something crazy and top eighting. So love it. Love to see it. Great job, everybody. Yep. Hell yeah. Yeah. I'm very proud of our, uh, our discord, our testing team. Everybody just went out and crushed. Nice. 
Isaac, you got some shout outs. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I have a couple of shout outs. First off, I wanted to shout out France, who is a very, uh, very talented local NorCal player. Um, we run into all the time. Also just a very nice guy, but he was on an absolute tear with Lexi, uh, at the pro quest I played in and, um, only lost to me on the day and was just like, yeah, annihilating everybody. It was a great medical and he played, you know, very well. I fortunately just kind of had the counter to the counter, um, and just had a strong <laughs> matchup. So I was able to take what, that one out, but, um, you know, it's just like he's a force. Every tournament he plays in, he's just like taking names. So great job, was, man. Keep was he up. in a tank top? I feel like he's always in a tank top. I I remember him being in a tank top, but that just might be, you know, because <laughs> he's always because that's the default, you know. <laughs> Memories are fickle things. <laughs> he was also standing on the table shooting a real bow, but that might not be an accurate <laughs> memory either you know so who knows? yeah after the month you've had who knows what's real and what's not <laughs> just in joshua tree doing peyote and stuff it's great totally i no, i did not do any drugs but um i do have a really good record of going on like uh like outdoors excursions and then coming back to a tournament so i think just like making my soul happy and then playing in a tournament is uh a really good strategy for me somehow Instead of practicing or something like that, which we'll is just go camp absurd. in the parking lot before the next major event. <laughs> have you know, a, have like a fire. The, yeah. The night before and uh, climb the Walmart or something. Yeah. And then we'll just win <laughs> or you'll win, I guess, you know, I'll just be there supporting you. No way. You'll also win. Hell yeah. Two winners, co-winners. <laughs> yep. That's Love how this it. game works. Colin, do you have any shout outs? <laughs> Yes. <clears throat> I want to shout out Evan Bridges, our local affiliate at Odyssey Games. Took down a pro quest last night on Lexi. Hell yeah. Nice. So that was, that was pretty sweet to see all that unfold in the local Discord. So congrats to you. Uh, I'm also going to shout out Isaac for winning his pro quest in like the most baller manner possible. Andromai, Edo, check out our deck tech. It's great. Congrats. Thanks, Colin. <laughs> you know, just in case I didn't mention it enough. <laughs> yeah, totally. totally. We have uh, uh, an updated deck tech on our YouTube in case anybody missed that and um, talk about changes to the deck and, you know, all that. Um, yeah, I have yeah. one more. I have one more shout out. I just wanted to give props to uh, Lesson in Lava and the Banished Zone and, you know, Sweet. basically all content creators out there. Uh, you know, it's like good to see new uh, new and varied podcasts and some more, you know, casually focused or for new players or, you know, it just like uh, it benefits the whole community to s- just have a, you know, a rich variety of well-produced, um, you know, content and podcasts. So I, I just, uh, I like to see that, you know, like we're just, we're grinding it out. We've been doing this for years, which is still great, you know, and then there's the all, there's like other big names out there. So, I, uh, you kind of get used to the same, the same things. So it, uh, I like to see something new pop up and I listen and it's like, 
well, this is really good. Great job, you know? Sweet. Yeah. yeah. Keep, Keep it, it up. up. friendship well that brings me to uh our few of our plugs like if you enjoy our content and stuff feel free to support us on patreon four dollars a month just one one latte a month is all we need from you uh to keep this ship afloat uh or if you can't do that go ahead and subscribe review like button etc. All of that stuff is obviously really important and helps us out because that's how the internet works. So if you can do that, it is the best. And tell your friends and make new friends, tell them. And uh, that's that's all you got to do as well. I'm, also, yeah, go don't, ahead, you don't have to upkeep your friendship after that, you know, once you've told them. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's, yeah. We covered that on the reaction. Spread the word. <laughs> Slide it in there and get out. I was going <laughs> to say also, <clears throat> if you can't join the Patreon, uh, you can support us through. Uh, oh, my God. Subscribing and liking and affiliate um, link. <laughs> yes. Thank you. That's the word I'm mm-hmm. looking for. Uh, our affiliate link for Fab Foundry. Uh, you can find that in the show notes. Um, you're going to buy singles. You might as well, well buy them from the nicest guy on it. We'll give you a handwritten note, speedy delivery, high quality, and uh, you know we get a little kickback from them if you use our affiliate link. So that's another way you can support the show. Hell yeah. Speaking of the show... One more thing before we get to the main topic. We're changing up our um, signature segments. segments, And one we would like to add is uh, listener voice memos. So if you have any questions or want to, um, you know, just say something to us or whatever, record a voice memo on your phone. Everybody's got that app. And then just email us at the attack action podcast at gmail.com and we will play it on the show and answer your question live. So, yeah, be cool. we're, not, we're not even going to screen these. So, you know, send us whatever. <laughs> we'll choose a random one and <laughs> make it pretty wild. <laughs> yeah. Live reactions only. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, totally. So all <laughs> you have that to look forward to and more. So just record a voice memo on your phone, email it to us at the attack action podcast at gmail.com. Thank you very much. All right. But all right. before we get into the main topic, main, main topic, Isaac, one more thing or what here? Yeah, Isaac's going <laughs> to one more thing us. Give us a little bit of insight into Sorry. his ProQuest win which I was alluding to all along in this intro. <laughs> so Isaac, lay, lay it out for us. We'd love to hear a bit more about your experience. Oh, sure. Um, yeah, so I... I think this meta, like this meta is insane, right? There's like maybe eight competitively viable decks and they're all, they all have been winning or maybe even more. Um, you know, there's some S tier and some A tier, but it seems that um you know specialists are really uh you know preying on people with less reps on their deck and really performing well and it's just like so cool to see um so going into my pro quest i just 
I I had played a lot of Dromai over many months, and then I I took quite a long break, like over a month, and then I got back and I played. I I made some changes based on the meta, and then I I played like 20, 25 games or something. Um, so just to get like kind of locked in and get practiced again on uh, the play lines and just feel really confident on the deck. And uh, I chose to bring Dromai again just because of that that reality that like specializing at the moment into this broad field. It's like you can't really pick something to counter the the meta, right? There's no like, I mean, except maybe old him might be the best deck. But, you know, in general, it's like you just want to feel confident in your play rather than just, you know, bring be a spike or whatever. So uh, I just brought Dromai, hoped I would dodge Fies. I did to play one fight in the quarters in a very close game. And um, yeah, I I mean, again, I just really think that like uh, heavy reps and adapting my list to a, a more aggressive meta or a more open field, maybe just like really, really paid off. And a lot of fun. I really love playing that deck. Every matchup, your game plan into every matchup is different. So it's it's always very interesting. I really enjoy that. Yeah, what is it like a forty card sideboard? <laughs> yeah, thirty six card main board. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw a lot of comments about your sideboard. People are just like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> <laughs> well, there's there's little tabs you can <laughs> for sure, but still, it it just highlights the fact that you're playing each matchup very particularly, and if you don't know what your plan is, just having the sideboard doesn't really help you mm-hmm. that much. Um, yeah. It's just that kind of deck, but really cool. Again, check out the deck tech, uh, both parts one and two. It's basically like three hours of how to be better at Dromai. So, hell yeah. Great work, Dragon Queen Isaac. Thanks. Just another powerful warrior lady. I'm <laughs> totally. play, taking it. Taking oh, it yeah. I can see it now. That is what your tattoo on your face is. It's a dragon. Okay. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> Totally. All right, it's really let's... cool, everyone. <laughs> yeah, it like covers one whole eye. It's cool. Trust uh, Mike Tyson esque. <laughs> <laughs> let's get into the main topic. So today on what episode is it? Episode fifty nine, I think. Uh, we're going to be talking about what we're good at in Flesh and Blood and what we wish we were good at. So kind of a introspective episode where we take a deep dive into our own psychology so if i cry it's just because i'm emotionally worn down already <laughs> and we're talking about very serious stuff so it was just a, that a nice year so yeah totally. <laughs> last thread yeah i i think it's important like looking forward just um kind of actively considering you know what i would like to do better as a flesh and blood player but then it's also important, right, to like be proud of what you are good at and to acknowledge your strengths. So you're not just sitting there like thinking like, oh, I wish I did this better and I wish I did that better and all of that. So just to have more of an objective view on yourself where you're at and um, what you'd like to focus on moving forward. Because if you, you know, sometimes I'll forget to practice some of these things that I'm going to talk about. Um, but if you just actively try to set a goal and you know, try to remember that before a match starts and, um, you know, make a real effort to, 
to, you know, practice these things that you're maybe not as strong at. Um, that's how you get better or hopefully. We're going to try it out. We'll see. <laughs> Come back <laughs> next year <laughs> and see where we went. Heck All right. Yeah. Who wants to go first? So I'll we're going to start with a strength and then uh, a needs work. So one round of strengths and then one round of needs work. Or do you want to do strengths first, then needs works? No. That's exactly um, like what that. you just, just said. Compliment said sandwich it. <laughs> okay, perfect. You said the same thing twice in a row. <laughs> Taylor, Taylor, why don't you lead us off and uh, start however you want, and we'll follow follow suit. Wonderful. I love it. Uh, okay, so I'm going to start with one of my flesh and blood strengths. So the first one I could think of, uh, these were all, it was like hard this topic was hard for me to do. <laughs> I don't know why, but uh, I'm uh, like, because I think I'm usually in coach slash teacher mode. I'm always thinking about um, areas of improvement or other people's performance and how I can like help them. So sometimes it's hard, especially at this time of year, for me to kind of think about myself. But what I thought about, one of the things I think I'm pretty good at is tournament prep slash anxiety reduction. So like I am pretty good and diligent about being like early to the event. I, I, I do all of these things to like reduce my anxiety and feel like prepared day of like deck list the night before sideboard guide the night before um, making sure I have ample snacks and like healthy healthy food, not just like candy or something like that and make sure I have plenty of water and just making sure as well that like, I don't leave anything last minute, you know, that I double check my bag. I have my dice, all my cards are there. Um, I got extra sleeves, inners and outers, etc. Um, and that like the days leading up to, I'm like trying to be healthy and sleep well and get some exercise because it's like going to be a long day of sitting usually. So um, just that like my my body is prepared to sit down and use my brain for 10 hours in a row, you know. So that's one of the things I think I'm relatively strong at and is like maybe a thing people don't think about as part of the game, but it it totally is. Yeah, I think that's a really good strength and something you do really well because you do have a lot of control over these other factors that you can just like fairly easily make easier on yourself, right? Like not have mm -hmm. wearing on your brain or your energy level or whatever. And, um, you know, not everybody does them all, all of the time. So making an effort to do that really, really makes a tournament go smoother. Yeah, indeed. And I was like not as good at this for worlds and my play like for sure suffered. Um, but that's because I was just like, like I feel half the people at worlds were just kind of like, whatever, it's so late in the season. I'm like a little burnt out. I'm just here to have fun, which I definitely accomplished that goal. But, you know, months removed, I'm like, oh God, I could have played a little bit better and I probably should have taking care of myself a little bit more, but that's not what that trip was for, which is okay. But it is my nature to think that way as well. So 
can't can't turn it off. All right, Colin, do you like to go next? Sure. Um, <clears throat> I thought this was also hard, but I only had a hard time with you know what I'm good at. Obviously, uh, lots of things I can improve on. Um, so I think one thing I've I've been trying to do, and I guess I do generally, is just like keeping games light hearted and not you know trying to bring too much spiky competitive energy to games and having a good time um not trying to distract my opponent or anything but really just enjoy the moments that i have with these people um sometimes they're you know people i see a lot sometimes they're new new people if i'm at like a bigger event so i like to try to bring my self to it rather than like my competitive self who can be kind of a dick (laughs) so (laughs) i i've been doing that a bit more and it's just allowed me to have more fun and i think it just brings some levity to the situation especially if like you're already having like a bad day it's like you might as well just enjoy yourself get to know the person and um just lean into that part of it because you're not at that point you know you're not winning anything so might as well just have the best time you can um, so that's, that's my number one thing. I think, uh, I only have two things, so I might have to think of a third one on the fly. Cause I really had trouble thinking of, of what I'm good at, which is something I'm not good at. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I think that that is a really good skill because it's, if you're playing competitively and you want to win and you're tired from playing on the day and you're busy critically thinking every turn and running calculations and stuff, it's really easy to kind of fall into that's where all of your energy is and, mm-hmm. you know, like not laugh during the game or like smile at your opponent or whatever. And it just makes it for such a better experience when you're both like still enjoying playing a game, which you kind of always are, but not, you know. Sometimes you just get lost in the the grind, yeah. or at least I find that. It was funny, though, at my armory, real quick, uh, final match to win the cold foil Arachne, it was Blake and me, and we both really <laughs> wanted the cold foil. We're both usually, like, the biggest smartasses in the room, and our game was so quiet and intense the whole time. <laughs> That's awesome. It was... Uh, it just kind of showed how both like we just like we really wanted it and i felt bad winning a little bit because he had top he got to the finals of two armories in a row and lost both of them and i was like i really want this arachne i'm sorry i can't get rid of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah a term i've been hearing thrown around now uh is like sweaty like as in like try hard you know what i mean like (laughs) You can get as sweaty as you want, or you know, this is a a sweaty deck, or something. You know, I'm like it's kind of a weird term, but I kind of <laughs> like it. So, <laughs> anyway, nice. Isaac, uh, how about you tell us what you're really good at? Um, so my first skill I picked that I'm good at is I think I'm very good at playing both sides of the table. And I think that maybe playing like Lexi and Kano and decks like that, where you're very reactive to what your opponent's doing or your play is specifically um, influencing or interrupting or based on 
their play or their potential lines or cards, um, you know, has taught me to do this fairly well. What, you know, which is not always the play, right? Like having a very proactive deck is oftentimes um, kind of a good meta call. But I think that the fact that I I often play very interactive strategies has taught me to, um, you know, just kind of automatically, I guess, empathize with my opponent or, you know, um, base my play based, you know, based around... Uh, what they could do or what they want to do every turn. Mm-hmm. So I think that I am uh, pretty good at that. And it's definitely an important skill because you can get fairly blown out in a situation where you otherwise would not have lost the game or something. If your opponent just does something that you did not think was possible or see coming, and it would have been fairly easy for you to play around it or just adopt a slightly different strategy or tact. Um, so yeah, being aware of that, I think, is a a good skill that has, you know, performed for me. Wonderful. Great job. Thank you. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, we'll just we'll just keep the good vibes going here. So another thing I think I am relatively good at. I, this does come with a caveat, but. Um, We'll we'll talk about that when we go to Bummer Town, uh, but, <laughs> but I, I uh, believe I'm pretty good at deck building. I'm like good at finding uh, a theme and or a combo or synergies uh, between cards, like pretty initially, and um, most of the time it does work and. Yeah, just like I think I'm pretty good at deck building and refining and tweaking it too to like throw out the chaff, add some stuff in. I really enjoy that part of the game. And, and you know, we've been building decks and testing them out for like a very long time now, uh, you know, because that was kind of like all there was to do during COVID was like, I don't know, what if I if I do this with viscerai or, or whatever, you know, so gotten a lot of practice, um, at it and that sort of thing. So it's, um, yeah, it's a skill I think I'm pretty good at, but, uh, it does come with a caveat, but you'll have to keep listening to find out. Colin, you've piqued my interest now. (laughs) I was bored before. (laughs) Uh, The, all right. So my second thing is kind of like a recent, you know, a nod at some recent events, but I think I'm pretty good at wizard math. Hell yeah. Uh, It just is a weird thing where you calculate resources and damage simultaneously and then account for various levels of arcane barrier and, have to make that decision of you know what am i when i what am i doing here am i am i blocking and trying to hold on to the next turn or do i go for like the win right now in the face of being murdered um so yeah that's it's something i enjoy doing i've even like (laughs) the other day i was like (laughs) someone came at me for basically like the win and i was just like well I just started like doing math on my math paper <laughs> and they're like, Oh shit. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I think 
it's something I enjoy and I I can definitely improve at it, but I think I have a, a good like baseline um, skill at, at doing that. And that's, that's my number two easy. You are, you are great at that. And that's like very mm-hmm. high level math because it's, it's like multiplicative or exponential math um, in a, like in a few different lines based on how much mm. arcane damage they block initially. So uh, it's oh, yeah. like quite when a you, lot to math out and consider and then calculate risk. And uh, yeah, that's, that's a, it's a high level skill. When you ether wildfire into ether flare, you're just like, wait, how much is this next thing coming <laughs> in for? <laughs> oh, 16. Cool. Plus one, <laughs> nice. 17. Good game. <laughs> yeah yeah i i definitely think you're you're a very good wizard player um i've i've said this before to you you're you're a very creative card game player you know and that can sometimes be a weakness but a lot of times it can be like a strength you know yeah. it's like i i that's maybe one of the things i need to work on is being more creative with my play Anyway, but we're not we're not to bummer town yet. We're we're in good vibes only. Isaac, give us some more vibes, bro. We need some good vibes. Um, I think I'm good at calculating risk in a game. Um, because there's some I guess I mean this in the context of like uh playing to win, not just playing not to lose. So there's these like situations that come up, right? Like with Kano. Um where you think you have a pretty good chance of going for it or even like, you know, breaking your arcane barrier to like try to dominate an arrow off the top and your deck's 50% arrows. And then you count your graveyard in it. You know, you have this percent of chance of hitting. So you're like going for the win, not just playing not to lose. And, uh, sometimes in that situation, you will just lose down the road. If you just try to survive this turn, but if you go for the win and you have a pretty good chance of winning, um, oftentimes I find it's the correct call. And like knowing when to not do this, right? When to just like block out and like try to tempo and then look for your win condition down the line is, you know, a big part of that as well. But that uh, that like value exchange turn by turn um, is like most of the game. And then sometimes you're faced with like the situation where there is a certain degree of risk involved in deciding um, when you need to take some risk and when you don't uh, based on, you know, your, your odds of winning now or like next turn or whatever. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like a, it's not like an abstract thing, but it's just like a bit harder to quantify. Does that make sense? That was a rough draft. I feel like I could have explained that better, but no, you you did a you did a great job. Very eloquent. Okay, eloquently. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't you're working teach off. <laughs> you're working off like imperfect knowledge, so there is you know a weird calculation of taking what you've seen and what you may kind of remember from their side of things, plus everything that is public and trying to like quantify what the best move is, which is, which is tough. And I think you do it really well. So. All right. Well, thanks. High fives all around. We're doing (laughs) all this stuff really great. (laughs) Yeah. Loving it. Uh, So the last thing I chose for one of my flesh and blood strengths is draft. 
I think I am a, a very good drafter, uh, pretty good at reading my seat and building my deck and, and finding the synergies in the cards that are passed to me and, and that whole skill, reading the table, thinking about my odds on which one of these wheels and, uh, you know, which one is maybe a better hedge, et cetera, all of that stuff. And then the playing part of it, like there's, there's a draft portion, you know, where you're drafting the cards, but then you still got to play the games. And, uh, I think most of the time my, my fundamentals in a limited environment like that are, are pretty strong. And, uh, I also just really enjoy draft. So it makes it easy to, um, be pretty good at it. I just, uh, I just haven't been able to get to many of the like high, high level drafts to really like test my metal. But at the like level I continue to play at, I usually do very, very good. So it's like, I don't know if I've ever Oh three to draft before or, or anything like that. But anyway, um, that's what I think I'm good at. I do think you're a great draft player for sure. Thanks. That's a good, uh, yeah, that's a good one. And, you know, I think the a really good opportunity to do this is if, I mean, eventually there will be um, a draft or a limited calling on the West Coast yeah. somewhere in which, you know, you'll go get to. Yeah, fingers to crossed here. <laughs> Hopefully it'll be draft, not sealed, but it'll probably be sealed. But then you play draft on like day two or, you know, I don't know. Yeah. But, mm. I fuck with yeah. sealed, you know? <laughs> <clears throat> Griptide sealed is OP, baby. <laughs> <laughs> our disc, shout out to our Discord. They were just nailing it with the uh, the Riptide puns this morning. It's cracking. Still it going. Bunch of it's funny, still going. funny people yeah. in there. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <clears throat> All right. I did think of a third thing. Hell yeah. Is it my turn? It was my turn. Yes, it, it is. It is your turn. Yeah. Good. I was like, wait, did I just step on something? Uh, I thought a third thing, and uh, it's it's not the most glamorous one, but uh, I, I think I'm a pretty good technical player. Um, I don't do great with the deck building yet. I'm getting better at deck tuning to you know fit uh, decks I've basically net deck to my play style a little bit more. Um, but I think when I know, when I understand what I'm supposed to be doing uh, with a deck and, I, and I've gotten enough practice with it, I feel like I can execute things pretty well. Um, <clears throat> I think with the caveat being that it has to be a deck that kind of jives with me already and kind of how I want to play the game. Um, but when when I can do that and when I am feeling it, I think I, I can execute game plans pretty well. I think, yeah. you know, outside of that, you probably struggle a bit, but that's okay. Uh, and shout out to uh, Kale McCreeth, who I once played on TTS, who said, oh, you're just a good technical player. And I was like, thank you. That's the nicest thing someone said to me about being bad about deck building. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's true. You are a really good technical player because I've learned quite a few interactions from you over the years that you like had a grasp on. And I was like, oh, shit, it doesn't work that way. You know, so shout out to you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Another high fives all around. 
Um, <laughs> all right, my last one is uh, it's also about deck building. I think I am a a good deck builder, at least in the capacity of that, like laying out all of the cards in my deck and creating a deck with the um, the appropriate ratios and interactions and like understanding the odds of hitting combos or cards together or what the the decks needs to be like balanced and Mm -hmm. to you know pursue its goal and what's kind of like you know ulterior to what you're trying to do um and i do that physically i like lay out the cards on my table and i like organize them kind of by type and um i'm able to like spatially uh you know kind of achieve achieve the right ratios that way so i think that that's a you know a talent that um i've practiced and have definitely gotten better at in this game yeah totally because we will sometimes like you know i'll be like i need some help with this deck building or whatever and you're like okay let's lay out all the cards or whatever and and then i just like arrange them in just a haphazard way or whatever and you're like okay let's put you know and then you do this this like mind palace where you're like the blues are in this part you know etc and there's like a flow to it uh spatially out on the the play mat or whatever and i'm always like man this just does not make sense for my brain (laughs) you know so yeah Yeah, it's different for everybody (laughs) yeah totally we're all unique snowflakes yeah that also has a, yeah has a different meaning nowadays as well but that's fine <laughs> uh, all right all right uh, you guys take me to bummer town yeah, yeah here we go let's hop on this train okay no, so this things is like goals town okay it doesn't have to be bummer town. <laughs> yeah like yeah dreams uh, town, you know in in progress these are the parts of me that are in progress <laughs> I guess, you know, or something. Uh, Trusting myself is my number one thing. So like Mm. this is the caveat to my deck building is like I don't stick with it long enough and I just don't trust my ideas enough. You know what I mean? Like um, be like, man, this is a pretty fun, cool idea I have. And then I'll kind of think, get self-conscious and be like, ugh, well, it's just not very like, I don't know, meta appropriate, or I don't think this will ever work, or I don't stick with it long enough and I don't trust myself or, or thinking about a card that's like really good in a specific scenario. I'll just be like, well, nah, like we just won't use that. We'll just use something that maybe everybody else is thinking about because maybe they're, uh, they, they always got to know better than me. So so I've, I think I've missed out on some uh, innovations that I kind of was thinking about and, and noticing, uh, but other people just kind of brought them forward before I, or like, you know, they trusted themselves and then had a, had a way to showcase it. And I was like, man, I did think of that. I should have just freaking trusted myself a bit more. So that's one thing I need to work on is trusting myself. Believe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ted Lasso. <clears throat> I was actually thinking of uh, attack the block, but that both of those work. Um, oh, okay. Sweet. Perfect. 
Uh, all right. <clears throat> so my first thing I want to get better about is uh, keeping track of public information in a game. Um, I think my first thought was I kind of pitch uh, because I think I've stopped paying attention a little bit because I've, I think it's just because I've switched heroes a lot. So I'm focused on what I'm trying to do in my cards and not knowing what I'm doing and not paying attention to my opponent as much. But I think overall, I want to widen that to just public information when they reveal a card. If I get to look at their hand and like they have one card left and it goes into Arsenal, you know, it's like just making sure I'm remembering, you know, what that information that has been shown to me and how it's carrying forward into the game. How long has that card been in Arsenal? You know, I was worried about that yesterday. Is it an Oasis respite? Like I need to catch those out because that can, you know, hamper my game plan if I'm trying to super combo somebody. So uh, I think yeah, like all those things are are really important and hard to do on top of just playing your game well. Um, but it's something I'd like to continue to improve on. Nice. nice. Yeah, mine's uh, mine's kind of related, actually, in a similar way. Um, my first thing I would like to improve on this year, and this is something you can do fairly easily, is um. Is like track turns, right? Because um, I actually don't know what turn it is in a match. Um, and if you practice this, it's like really easy to count from one to 14 or whatever, you know? Um, I do keep track subconsciously to some degree because I have a, like a little bit of a, you know, you have like kind of a sixth sense of like, I'm going to see my pitch stack at like next turn or the turn after, you know, it's like happening now. And I'm pretty accurate that way, but it would be really easy to just know exactly when it's happening. And, you know, along with this, you could fairly easily track your deck, right? Like if you have 60 cards in deck, you know, you're going to see your pitch stack 15 turns later or whatever. And then there's variables that happen. Like if you go first, you know turn zero and play two cards now your you know your deck is offset by two but it's just like divisions of four and then you have to modify it and i think that with practice this could become fairly automatic to know what like hands you're going to see together Hmm. um and i'm currently unable to do that because i'm not practiced at it so enable to figure out like, okay, I need to see these two blues with Optimi and then reds afterwards. And if I still have like 47 cards in deck or whatever, I can like, it's it's kind of like taxing or arduous to figure it out. And then I'll like likely forget down the line because I'm like critically thinking in the moment about like a turn three turns from now or something. But again, it's like, I, I don't know this. Maybe some you know, player that does this can weigh in, but you know, comment on our YouTube channel. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's just like not very complex math. So if you just practice and made a habit out of, um, you know, these like several different possibilities of, you know, cards lining up, um, I don't think it would be very difficult. So I'm going to try to make an effort to do that. Uh, we'll see how it goes. I don't know if my brain is, uh, you know, predisposed to that or not. Nice. High fives all around regardless. (laughs) 
the other thing I need to work on, and this is kind of a recent uh, thing, and that my last two things kind of uh, go together, but um, and I think it is a a um, a symptom of playing Icelander a little bit, but I have to work on tilting. Like uh, sometimes the game gets like a uh, you know dicey, and uh, I recently have been uncomfortable in those scenarios and kind of missed the line I needed to take or figured out where my outs were or, uh, you know, something like that. I can remember the world's calling, like I was playing against Briar and, uh, I just let myself get tilted in that game. Like, Oh, he doesn't have any arcane barrier. That's crazy. Um, this should be pretty easy. And then he got like an early channel Mount Heroic before I had anything set up. And I was like, oh my goodness, you know. And I kind of like got a little tilted and like pitched my first channel Lake Frigid when I really needed to have it. Because then I didn't see another one for a really long time. And I was like, oh, why did I pitch that? That's so stupid, you know. And I just made those mistakes because I was you know, I had thought, oh, I should win this pretty easily. And then I kind of wasn't winning it easily. And I wasn't looking to find the solutions to that match. I was just thinking about how I'm like blowing it, you know, and I, uh, that's how I feel sometimes when I play Icelander. <laughs> it's like, oh crap, I'm just blowing this whole thing here. And, uh, you know, I just recently watched some of the the leads top eight for the battle hardened and Matthew folks uh, is playing Icelander versus old him. And um, he made, I mean, no disrespect to him. A great player would beat the crap out of me, both probably physically and on the game table. But uh, you know, he got a little impatient or kind of, I think lost sight a little bit of his like game plan and wound up like not killing his opponent and his opponent wound up like uh squeaking out the win because of that and as i was watching him play i was like whoa i've like i've played this exact game where i'm like make this these tiny errors here and then i don't wind up closing it out when i really should have and uh dang this that sucks so so yeah that's me. Nice. Yeah, tilt tilt is a it's a really hard thing to overcome and it's like it's a hard thing to understand, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why I put in my notes like finding solutions. That's like I think my my mental mantra I got to uh use in those scenarios. Colin. That's a good one. Um, Thank you. So <clears throat> my second one builds kind of on the first one, and it's a game recall. I think uh, it's something you guys both do really well where you can talk about a game afterwards and like specific turns and mm -hmm. um, pinpoint different moments. And I think sometimes I'm too in the turn-by-turn -turn state of mind that I'm not keeping track of the kind of macro level and that's something i want to be able to you know at the end of the game <clears throat> think about 
eat more easily and also like later on if i you know don't have time to process a game right away uh be able to think back and and remember and and think about it critically because it's hard if you can't remember what you did if you did it wrong and you know you can't really learn from those moments so that's something i would like to yeah continue to build my ability on yeah that's a good that's a good one because then you can learn from those moments i will say because you said that i'm good at this um i i actually don't think i'm very good at this i only remember moments when i notice in the moment Mm -hmm. right and then i'll like make that memory because it's an event then right not a non-event and i will be able to remember it later but after a tournament i can't recall like you know even half of the crucial plays like if there was nothing about it to like, you know, make that memory. Um, so I think I could also do better at that. Um, and I think just in uh, like casual games or um, like play testing or whatever, if you or your opponent remarks on a play and then you'll both like acknowledge it, then you can go back and think about it later. That yeah. might help, you know, like create that memory in the moment because then you'd have two of you looking out for it and trying to remark on it. I guess. Yeah. I I am good at that. I can remember the majority of every game I play, like what my opponent plays, what my four card hands are, how it turned out, you know. I would say pretty close to like 70 to 80% depending on on the game and stuff. So, yeah, I am that should have been on my what I'm good at list. Yeah, there you go. You're a beta machine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> totally. Absorb all of it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so my next thing is kind of um, it's it's related to pitch stacking also, um, and that's just to track my opponent's pitch stack better. Um, I so I do this at a base level, right? Where if they pitch something shiny, right, like a red pummel or a channel lake frigid or you know something like really remarkable, I will notice and I'll remember that, but remembering uh which turns of my pitch stack that will line up with and then remembering that that's happening later in the game is kind of the next level of this play and also um just noticing my uh my opponents pitch more generally right not just key plays but like um you know if they pitch like since we're on old him here if they pit you know like a a so tomorrow and then like a sink below and then a you know a blue winter's bite or so you know like a fairly weak hand in a row you could also like notice and acknowledge that yeah um that might help you out later and again like uh taylor you are much better at this than i am um just mm-hmm. like in terms of like memorization in a game i'm more uh about like noticing things and making a note but not like um memorizing like l- large large amounts of data um so i'm like unsure how well i will be able to do this but i am going to you know make an effort to just like watch my opponent's pitch and um try to like actively watch it and then think about that like notice like oh they pitched this what they pitch last turn okay cool and then move on with my turn um but that's kind of the next level of that that type of play that i'm not mm-hmm. particularly strong in and uh i'm going to get better I wonder too if I'm like kind of good at that because of the last 11 or 
12 years of coaching basketball, like, all right, there's 10 players on the court. I have to like notice in a split second, like offensively and defensively what everybody's doing and, and the tendencies of some players and, and stuff like that. So like looking broadly at the board, but also remembering specific information. I wonder if that has something to do with it. Yeah, I'm sure. I don't know, but I do know that my last thing I need to work on is I need to enjoy the games I lose as well as the games I win. Like, uh, I do really hate to lose and it is something I struggle with or that is challenging for me to deal with in my like everyday life and stuff, you know, like, uh, just when I care about something and then I don't come out on top, uh, I have a hard time like dealing with that. And then it like spirals me into like, ah, shit, this is something I should be okay with. Like, fuck, I hate this part about myself that I get this negative feeling about this thing, you know? So it's like, yeah, like spirals or feeds. Yeah. Like I, I hate to lose and I hate that. I hate that feeling that Mm -hmm. I hate to lose. You know what I mean? And so I need to just get better at enjoying the games. I do lose, you know? Um, cause it will make like days where I go like four and four, uh, better, you know? So anyway, that's, that was my last one. That's a good one. <clears throat> we can all learn to enjoy to lose better. <laughs> <laughs> that, amen. <laughs> uh, my last one, not a big surprise, uh, is deck building slash tuning. Um, I think tuning, I'm a little bit better, but deck building in general, I'm, I have a hard time just starting, you know, if you've checked out my, my ongoing series, get good scrub. Uh, I think I've made it too hard for myself by picking, you know, weird jank (laughs) as my starting (laughs) place. Um, but I think just in general, I'd like to you know, find the opportunities. It's hard when like, it seems like there's just best versions of decks sometimes, but I think, you know, that's where like the tuning comes in. It's like, okay, like what cards work for me? What, what kind of plays into my play style? Because I think that's always going to be my crux is that I have to play the way I want to play, not the way the deck wants me to play. And that's just how I'm going to do things. And if that's how I'm doing it, I need to adjust decks that don't work the way I want them to. So, and then kind of sub of that is like collaborating on decks. I'd like to Mm -hmm. use that as an opportunity uh, to kind of flex those muscles as well. Ooh, that's a good one. I am uh, fairly stubborn and independent and more self-competitive. And I don't like, yeah, I like don't, uh, reach out to collaborate as much as I should to be a better player. So that's a that's a good one, Colin. I, uh, Thank you. A good one for me to think about too. So thanks. All right, Isaac, take us home. All right. So my last one is um, to manage tournament fatigue um, better. I can remember maybe like I don't like four or five fairly large misplays or inefficiencies that have like 
cost me a whole tournament wins or like games or you know such and i don't play in that many tournaments and i uh you know enjoy performing well whether i win the tournament or not just like performing well for myself so you know losing because of a missed trigger or something is you know pretty unfortunate because i can't get that moment back you know and there's just like no reason for it except for inexperience or fatigue or you know whatever and um you know thinking about this there's a variety of ways i can tackle this like before my last pro quest i ate a giant salmon teriyaki bowl and was like well fed for the next six hours or something and usually i think maybe because of climbing or something i'm used to like kind of grazing like jerky and trail mix and not really eating much until it's like the job is done and it's meal time but i think um probably eating more during or right before these events um would be good and just practicing um practicing like calculating value more effortlessly um will probably wear me out less throughout the day if i get better at that and um you know i've definitely noticed that having a lot of reps on a deck when i go to a tournament helps me um you know fatigue less because then more decisions are automated so yeah you know that that's a lot of hours invested beforehand and not always an option but there are like a lot of ways i can um you know tackle my my weakness of tournament fatigue and like kind of playing my worst game at the end of the day when it's the most important yeah i think part part for me the tournament fatigue isn't so much the games as it is the environment you know like it's very stimulating you're like packed at a table with like you know 30 plus other people in the room and it's loud and the rounds move really quickly so if you're like if you got two minutes left and you finish you like got to go like pee have a snack you know and you like don't want to miss the time in the next round you know you don't want your like take care of yourself time to bleed over. Cause then that like, um, snowballs, you know? So that is what I find like the most fatiguing is not so much the games, but like all the, the extra stuff. That's why I try to like take care of all of those things, you know? Yeah. So as the round gets closer to end, it gets louder and louder and people are standing around you <clears throat> and yeah. it just gets like more intense and harder to focus. So, and that just compiles the longer you go. So it's a it's one we can all look at improving, I think. Yeah, and I've gotten better at that as I become more experienced in this game. But yeah, especially like you and I, Taylor, don't have like a home scene that's like a massive tournament setting. So it's yeah. like um, overstimulating and, yeah, you know, a bit much. So I, I completely agree with this. Um, yeah, like, like armories are like, uh, you know, six people for us yeah and our friends (laughs) yeah (laughs) so it's like really chill yeah um okay so before we wrap this up um i don't know if you guys have any closing thoughts but i thought of a couple things i think you guys do really well so i was just going to share that really quick no um yeah yeah (laughs) um so taylor i think you are really good about thinking out a turn like you um, if it's a, a critical moment and a decision you need to make in the game, you're very good at like slowing down and considering the multiple lines and then like choosing the best play. Um, sometimes, 
especially if like the clock's winding down or, you know, you're just like in rounds of Swiss and it feels like you're just moving through it. I don't always like take that extra, you know, like 15 seconds or whatever it is, or, you know, cause a lot of times you do have the time, um, to like really make sure you're making the right play and you, uh, Taylor, you make sure to, to do that. Thank you. You know, deliberate. Yeah. It definitely has won me some games, like, just like, oh, okay, what's this? Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Definitely. If that made sense through my <laughs> non, non-sentence sentence. Yeah, I thought it did. I know you really well, but I thought it did. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Colin, I think you uh, pitch stack really well. Um, this is back in the day. Colin was just on a tear with Prism, pitch stacking his tome combo and just obliterating people over and over again. And I found it really impressive and was like, dang, I, you know, I couldn't pull that off. So, uh, yeah, great job. Thank you. It's, uh, I enjoy doing it when I, when you actually play a game that goes to a second cycle. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Feels like half is less these days, but, you know. Blitz still happens. I had to pitch stack against some Icelanders as Kano to try to win that matchup because it's a weird one. But nice. Yeah. Thank you. I had a couple for you guys. Sweet. Uh, Stop it. Taylor's was like very similar to Isaac's. uh, But, you know, the way you you think out a turn, but you also talk about what your opponent, at least when we're practicing, you talk about like what I could be doing and what cards I've played. And, you know, what potential threats or like what play line I might be enacting right now. I feel like a lot of times you'll just be working that out out loud and you'll be right like most of the time. Uh, So I think you're just very astute observations there, which I think is really cool. Um, Thank you. Oh, yeah, I also had Game Recall. We talked about that. And then Isaac, you know, I just think you're just a phenomenal deck builder. You know, you you have these crazy sideboards, you have these like matchup plans and you're, you're very good at analyzing each and every spot of your deck so that it's like most impactful. And I think that's really cool. Cause that's like beyond me right now where I'm at. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I find it very interesting, which helps, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. yeah well, thanks I'll, guys. Well, I'll piggyback off of both of these. Cause oh, yeah. um, for, for Isaac anyway, like, you're really obsessive <laughs> in a, in a like great way. You know, you're like, this is the hero I am going to play and I'm going to play it until I've freaking squeezed all of the juice out of it and it's wrung out. And if it's then still bad, I'll still love it, but it'll be bad. But like the, you know, the Dromai situation is a perfect example of that. Dromai comes out, you notice it's like this weird engine that you're going to have to play and you're like sold. I'm doing this. Here we go. And then, you know, the fruits of your labor pay off in like, you know, you've, you've dabbled around with other stuff, but you've basically just been playing Dromai and trying to like master it. And so that's like, you know, one of the things you're really good at is just like, I'm going to just, I would like to have mastery over this, you know, and uh, for Colin, I will really quick. Thanks. Because I, um, 
I was at literally the bottom table of two road to nationals right when Dromai came out. Yeah. You know, (laughs) yeah, uh, totally. Um, so yeah, it does feel good to put in the work and I do believe in specialization in this game, even if it's not always the case, um, I'm just going to die on that hill. So it seems like it definitely is like early in metas now. Like I'm sure when Outsiders comes out, anybody who's like, like I'm sure Shin, who only plays Dorinthia, will win a freaking road to Nats or something. And, you know, all these people who are specialists will like do really well. Alan on on Bolton and SoCal, you know, uh, et cetera. So Colin, I said this already, but I still want to reiterate it. Like <clears throat> you're so good at creatively playing, you know, and that's like something I wish I could do. Like you find lines like that I just would never think of or be like, um, or like you'll be thinking about somebody else's turn and figure out a way to play around it and, and something like that. You're just a much more creative player than I am, you know, just inherently, like, like you said, I have to talk through the lines, uh, and that's how I have to do it. Cause I like, can't think of it concept, you know, I have to like walk myself through all of those steps out loud mm-hmm. to to be able to think about things. So, and I do do that against other people. I think I mutter it a bit more and I usually have like a mask on. So maybe they don't hear me and it's louder, but yeah, I'm like, okay. So if this last card is like a snatch, that means you'll get an arsenal. How much is that arsenal (laughs) worth? You know, et cetera, you know? So, uh, yeah, you're, you're just like a little quicker in that way. Thank you. Thank you. You guys are great. You're you're great. Well, thanks, guys. If uh, you know have any more thoughts to close out this uh, this topic of setting goals for ourselves going into the new year, um, we'll wrap it up. Yeah, yeah. We'll move in here to signature segments. Here at the Attack Action Podcast, we enjoy many board games, not just Flesh and Blood, and we'd like to share one of those with you right now. It might not be our favorite game or the best game, but it's one that we've enjoyed and we wanted to share with y'all. And this week and every week going forward, it's my board game. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And this week's board game is called Watergate. Uh, This is a two-player-only game. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is designed by Matthias Kramer and published by Capstone Games here in the U.S. This is a a card game where one person is the journalist and the other person is the Nixon administration. (laughs) And the board is a conspiracy theory yarn board Mm -hmm. trying to connect... uh, like conspirators to Nixon. And you do that by playing cards and like placing evidence and like making these connections as the journalist. And then as the Nixon administration, you like sever connections in this web. And if you, you know, do that well enough, the journalist can't pin these people to you and therefore you get away with it. But if the journalist can tie, I think it's like three of the conspirators to Nixon, they win the game. Um, it's just like a really tight game. You have this like small deck of cards. 
that you cycle through. Some of them get used once, depending on how you play them. Um, I think they're kind of multi-use in some cases. Uh, and will some of those cards get removed, but other cards just get discarded and then you shuffle mm-hmm. back up. So you kind of see them over and over again. And I think that makes it really easy to like kind of grok your strategy and like learn quickly so that as you play more of the game, you like really know what's in your deck, what your abilities are and how you can kind of strategize over the course of like several, several turns rather than just kind of like randomly being like, Oh, I guess I can do this now. So, um, it's just like a really cool game. The fact that the board is a, you know, yarn board of conspiracy theories yeah. is just really funny. Um, and it's pretty interesting. You know, it's got a lot of like, you know, legitimate historical information on the people involved and stuff like that. So it's it's a lot of fun. And uh, it's one of the games that my wife and I like to play against each other. We don't usually play a lot of like two-player, you know, uh, mm-hmm. competitive games because uh, we tend to not like those as much just with the two of us, but this one's a lot of fun. And I think because you can understand your deck and learn it pretty quickly, You, it just feels like, I don't know, it's a little bit easier, but there's a lot of depth to it. So uh, that cool. is Watergate. Nice. I have uh, seen that many times and been like, ooh, maybe this would be cool. But the it's hard to for me anyway to want to play as the nixon administration so that's what's held me back you know i'm like uh but then somebody's got to be like pretty bad guys historic you know and so like (laughs) it's like different if you're like the king of the nine hells that's like a cool bad guy to be but (laughs) to be someone who was real is a little challenging (laughs) I have to be the Nixon administration every time because Jess won't do it. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it makes sense. You know, I'll I'll take it if that's if that's how I get a game to the table. That's what I'll do. It's better yeah. than having to play like as Nazis and like you know yeah. undaunted or something because that game looks great. But I'm just like I don't want to play as Nazis or make someone yeah. else play as Nazis. So yeah, it'd be it'd be too tough to win too. Be like, well, I'm the Nixon administration and I did it. Yay! You know. Yeah. That's, that like oh yeah. Sucks too. Luckily, in this one, you know that he lost, so it's like you know, it's yeah. less of a, a weird thing, and it's more of just like an interesting uh, game of mechanics. And I think you know the theming of it is just a lot of fun. So it it doesn't just like make you feel like a scumbag the whole time, you know. Which I think yeah, because it because the game's good enough to where it yeah. uh, takes you out of that. Yeah, because yeah, it's pretty abstract. You know, once you get into it, it's it's really just like, oh, you're doing these things, which is manipulating the board state, and that's yeah. you know what your goal is. So it's it's less of like I'm a terrible person committing <laughs> crimes <laughs> <laughs> to benefit my political career. <laughs> yeah, if you want to do that, just play Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, uh, awesome. Well, yeah. I hope that people enjoy that board game. Um, I think those are important board games to have for couples, you know, because mm. you got to have those like board games that you can play together if that's something you both enjoy doing um, or else you always have to get two other friends to yeah. hang out. And some of us don't have two other friends. So yeah, having like a really tight 
two player game is yeah. is really cool because sometimes you know you can play many games at two player but they might not just be the best versions of themselves at that point yeah 100 percent. all right 100 well thanks colin and uh thank you taylor thanks isaac <laughs> you're welcome colin <laughs> is that what he sounds like yeah 100 <laughs> percent well we'll see y'all in the next episode goodbye bye thank you for listening you can find us on youtube facebook and instagram at the attack action podcast on twitter we are at battle bro taylor and at battle bro isaac shoot us an email the attack action podcast at gmail.com if you would like to support us like and subscribe shop for singles using our affiliate link or support our patreon for as little as four dollars per month